asiaa. Welcome to The Code Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm joined by... Emma Phillips. And Nat Morgan, Nat are you Morgan. there? <laughs> How's she here? I thought we were going alphabetically. We so were. We actually were going alphabetically. It was all organised. <laughs> It's a tight <laughs> ship that we run. Sure is. In this week's show, we discuss gendered language in women's football and why girl up is maybe not the best expression. We talk about the expansion of the league and update our tipping comp. Uh, and we're going to talk about the race to the finals and the big question on everyone's lips, which is what what is GWS's pathway to the finals? But first, let's look at highlights from round eight and check out that ladder. Uh, so, uh, my highlight, I'm bagsing first, Courtney Hodder. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hand of God, in fact, was involved in that rip-snorter of a goal. A beautiful passage of play, of course. It, was it coast-to-coast? Coast? Was it actually from the very other end? I don't care. No, I just, from the midfield. I, she's, I mean, she's, she's a small player. And she got that ball and, and then I thought, oh, don't shank it. Don't have shanksiety like Kiwi talks about. And she sure as hell did not. It was an absolute beauty. Um, so, yeah, Courtney Hodder, she's my highlight. Em. She's been your favourite, Trace. <clears throat> yeah, I took absolutely. it from Trace. I'd better hand over to you then, Trace, if I've taken Yeah, no, your, absolutely. Your Since favorite. the game in Frio when she played in front of her family in an Indigenous round, I just think her confidence has grown and every week Hasn't she almost it? kicks a goal of the goal of the week. I mean, her, t- her confidence Freakish. is 10 foot tall, mm. even if she's not. <laughs> while you're on that, Fee, uh, while we're on the Lions, I've um, got to say one of my highlights um, – was Dakota Davidson kicking the very first goal in the, in the Gabba by a woman um, because the, that was the first time the Lions um, women's team had played at the Gabba. Uh, so, yeah, just the Woo-hoo! fact that they played there, that's a highlight. And the fact that Dakota, well, the- also one of my uh, new favourite players, uh, kicked a goal. So, awesome. Well, just to jump in there first on goal. that, Trace, um, the memories came up in my Facebook about um, – the inaugural final, which should have been at the Gabba, and they claimed they couldn't have it at the Gabba because um, Adele's concert um, had ripped up the the grass. So they so within yeah, I think it was I think it was with six or maybe five days notice, they moved it to Metricon Stadium, which is not just we down went... the road. No, it's on the oh. Gold Coast. <laughs> Correct. We already had flights booked. We had to hire a car and drive, and anyway. Yeah, so yay for um, for Dakota Davidson and her first goal on the Gabba. Woohoo! Emma and Nat, what did what were your highlights? I'd, I'd love not to say that Brisbane were a highlight because they beat up on my team, but you know they then the whole team I think just are looking very very slick, and it sort of feels like Brisbane is still ever so slightly underrated compared with their counterparts at the top of the ladder. But gee, they've really looked the goods, and I haven't seen a more balanced team I think than the Lions. And geez, don't they have a, a firing forward line? They, I think actually North Melbourne won the stats in all the stats departments. North one in every single stats department except one from memory. Um, but Brisbane beat them, you know, pretty well in the end. And they were using the ball much more effectively inside their forward line. And I think that's testament to just how good they are up forward. 
Nah. Now, that actually that actually wasn't my highlight, but I'm, I'm, I, am, <laughs> okay. I am happy to you know acknowledge <laughs> North Melbourne supporter. Uh, but I have to mention Darcy Fessio. I mean, what a game she had oh, and how she yeah. just sort of I feel like she lit the weekend on fire. Started us off really well with her five goals, and weren't they superb as well? She's just got such unique skills. You know, such such a high flyer. Um, contender for Mark of the Year also. Well, she had it was a um, she had a quiet season last season, didn't she? So mm. she's come back fitter and stronger and um, first player to 40 goals. Very exciting. Followed uh, shortly. Not in a season. No, not in a season, in, in, in her career. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Well, speaking, Followed speaking closely behind by Erin Phillips on the weekend. Speaking too. of goal kickers, my highlight, Collingwood versus St Kilda. She kicked the first, she kicked the second, kicked the last of the game, missed a couple others, but Alicia Newman, I say, hello, Newman. <laughs> it was tops. Newman. Welcome to Collingwood because she walked into a bit of a shit show at Collingwood where she had to represent her people um, at Collingwood when they were going through their hassle and she had to become the spokesperson at a new club. And it was pretty tough for her and she's found her feet and she's found a role as a small forward. And I say, welcome. Nat Morgan, is that the first time you've sworn on the show? Because I think last week or the week before, you were glowing about the fact that you had managed not to swear all the way through your time on the coat hanger. I think the swear jar is out uh, and you're putting some cash uh, in it. Yeah, look, I'm, <laughs> I could do that, put it towards the end of season beers or something. Um, <laughs> probably warranted. And I look, I've got to say, you probably all owe me big bucks for the fact I have never dropped any of the F-bombs or anything like that <laughs> live on air because... <laughs> I have got a bit of the old potty mouth. So um, <laughs> let's just call ourselves even as the season comes right, to the end. Square. Okay, moving on. Girl up. How about that, eh? I, heard, I saw that actually in a Twitter post today. Couldn't believe it. Um, let's talk about gendered language in women's football. And as we open up this discussion, I just want to acknowledge that there is a crisis in our parliament, our schools and our workplaces in this country with women of all ages revealing their experiences of targeted misogyny, sexual harassment and indeed sexual assault. We're not offering to solve all of these problems tonight, but I'm saying that language is important and the words we choose in addressing players and calling matches is important. Trace, why don't you start the discussion? Yeah, got to agree. Um, language shapes our societal attitudes and our cultures and within football, um, you know, we can eradicate gender bias by having more neutralised language. And um, so, you know, I've got a few to offer. I don't know if we want you want me to offer them right it. now, but I'm, I'm happy to you know, swing in. You can start um, you with bugbears too, if you like. Yeah, I've, I've got, got a few, few bugbears. Bug so, um, you know, there was a, a t sort of a, a commentating tussle where there was a, a man up, a woman up, like how do you, what do you say when you want players to locate, which is the coaching language for marking a player. But in the common language, mark up would be absolutely suitable. I think that's uh, there. Ruck woman or ruck man are my least favorite they're my, probably my bugbear of all times they're just rucks you yeah. know it it doesn't matter you know they're rucks and for especially rucks, they're just rucks <laughs> for rucks sake for rucks sake <laughs> um, and, you know, but also they're commentating so the it's fewer words to just say ruck it's easier i don't know that's right you can say it really fast ruck yes ruck, ruck. yes <laughs> and uh i guess you know you, there's all that discussion about women and girls and you know, the, you know, kind of the demeaning undertones of, of calling grown women 
girls, and I know that grown men are also called boys in football, but if we just call them players, then we can resolve some of those challenges as well. Um, but yeah, there's some of some of my favourites. I might have a few others, but I'll throw to the to the rest of the panel. I think the other one's centre man. You know, oh, oh they're oh. a great centre man, or oh, they're a centre. Centre, not yeah. that hard. Look, and I think on the weekend we were getting frustrated because it wasn't. You know, we seemed to expect it from the blokes, but I was disappointed to hear both Abby Holmes and Sam Lane throw in a couple of classics, and that was sending me spare. At one stage, I think Sam Lane said, "Oh, so and so, she's womaning up." Ha ha! I didn't say manning up. Um, just picking up a player, just marking a player, opposing a player, not that hard. And Abby asked the question about why Benici was free and picking up, you know, endless possession. She said, why did the opposition not man this woman up? <laughs> Abby, you're killing me. You're killing me, Abby. So I think we can all do better. I'm wondering, just to come back to your point, Trace, about grown women being called girls also, and this is a a really good one to explore, I think, in footy, because, of course, within footy clubs, we say girls to each other often don't we? So when you're, you know, you're out in a training drill and it's time to come in to that group, often there's a large call. It's like, hey, girls come in or well done girls and that sort of thing. I, I, so women themselves are doing it and I can see people saying, well, hang on, you guys are doing it. So what's the problem? You know, and it's difficult in that situation, I imagine, to say, well done, players, come in, players. You know, you know it's awkward. So what is that? Do you think that's as problematic? Or yeah. the commentators have a higher responsibility? Uh, I think... I think it is problematic, but it's it's part of, you know, it's part of the meta language that you use in football. So it it's a difficult one to to come up with something else. But I mean, when I was coaching, I used the word team a lot. Um, you know, or okay, everyone. Team. Well done, um, everyone. <laughs> well done, everyone. Um, come on, everyone. So or folks you're right or something like that. Uh, I hate I hate folks, but I, that's just a personal. Thing. It's I, neutral though. I prefer. I know folks peeps, kind of feels wanky. Peeps but, um, to guys. I don't like guys, but I like peeps. Yeah, peeps. I think I think you're right, Fee. I, I think everyone or team uh, are good uses of the language. Look, you know, we've been involved in footy for years, all of us, and and we're just so ingrained in the language of football that we just repeat it. It doesn't mean it's good. It's like some of the other traditions in football clubs that, you know, that just because they exist doesn't mean that they're great. So I think we've got a great challenge ahead of us for all of us, for people who, you know, a lot of us are still involved in footy. We're involved on the radio. Everyone's got a role to play in just doing that little sense check and just thinking about it. And I think you can also like ask the team what they want to be called they might come to a consensus and certainly that's appropriate because I think yeah, that's all they maybe. know maybe um and then yeah and then some leadership is appropriate I suppose to say well maybe we, could, we can think about some other other words but and certainly on the individual uh level it's good to ask what people want to be called but um M you had a you had a bit of a stout in the cricket world recently isn't that oh, correct yeah I think we have touched on this before, but of course, cricket's another one of those sports that really wants to hang on to things like batsmen, particularly. It's very, very difficult to get people to shift away from batsmen. Now, I play at a women's club or a club that has a lot of women's teams, and there are people across the board there who have for a number of years now eschewed the old batsmen. Men and women, all the genders, have eschewed that term batsman in favour of simply saying batter. 
and you'll see it from the Australian women's team down. There's just no issue. Uh, I had trouble with it at the start because it felt so American. It felt like we were in baseball territory, of course. Yeah. But I think that's preferable to the gendered nature and the exclusive gendered nature of something like Batsman. But I did have a stash on Facebook with a uh, a group that was selling its wares, its, its batting um uh, like a batting education program and I just said look you know would it be too difficult to sh- to get rid of batsmen in favor of batter and I got pounded actually by a couple of guys said, well they're actually men so it should be batsmen so you know we've got a long way to go before we can shift that language. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that they were in an educational role that's actually more disappointing I yep, thought they were indeed. just um you know um, let's put the challenge out there Faye, for for our listeners and for anyone involved in footy, um, you know, it's going to happen. You, we're going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time, but we all have a role in trying to shift it. Agreed. All right, let's move on. What's hot in the huddle? It's the race to finals. And what's hot is how does GWS make it to finals? <laughs> Should we start with that? Em, you well, worked it out, didn't you? I Look, to some degree, I think that it's going to take – uh, not just a small miracle, but a large miracle for them to make finals. More than a hand but of God. More than a hand of God, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> they they need to win by something like between 200 and 250 points okay. to make finals. All right. And yeah. obviously a few things will depend on others losing. You know, if somebody else lost by 250 points, they'd probably be okay if they won. But it's a very difficult road for the Giants. And Especially get- when they only kicked 16 points on the weekend. Oh, it's a tough that short might of be 200. the bigger problem. How yeah. upsetting was that? That was a low light from the weekend. Oh, my Lord. I, I haven't really... had a look, but I'd be really interested. I would say this is almost their lowest point score kicking year, goal kicking year. Like in if the, you were to look the, across the, the, yeah. the average goals per game. We've and had different numbers of games in different seasons, so we'd have to do an average. But I can't remember in the last few years them kicking – you know, they were poor early. They've had a couple of wins against, you know, a couple of the bottom teams um, and kicked a few. Um, but I think that, yeah, it, you've got to kick goals to win games. Yeah. That's, and it's you know. been a low year for them, hasn't it? Low scoring and low low in um, mood. And mm, very tough start, wasn't it? And yeah. they're up against Carlton, who were actually, they've been a highlight firing, this year. They're, they're playing now. some great footy. And After a slow their start. High score this year. So exactly. They missed the start, didn't they? Three mm. goals kicked on them early. Um, yeah, they kicked 87. So, like, there's absolutely no chance. It'll be, I think, Giants will be one of the most disappointing clubs in my view of the year when we do our little review. They're, um, they've had a really ordinary season. So Anyway, let's talk about the contenders. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carl- Carlton's certainly in with a chance. And I think I think uh, North of North Melbourne are very suspect at the moment. They, ha- they have not beaten a team above them. They sit in a precarious position. They face Fremantle, admittedly in Melbourne, but they still face a, a firing Freo, uh, which I think they'll probably lose and set Carlton right up for taking their spot. What impact do you think no Kiara Bowers will have on that? Mm, it's a big one, it, isn't it? Because uh, she the has been machine. reported. She's yeah. been reported, for those who don't know, we're just listening in. She uh, can accept a one-week suspension uh, with an early plea for a tackle on Eden, Eden Zanka. Zanka. Mm. Um, yeah, it'll be tough. I think what they need is someone up the other. I think they need Evie Gooch, um, the Dockers. They need Evie Gooch back. I'm not sure why she's playing in the twos. She's playing good footy too, by all accounts, according to Lucy Watkins' little review. Um 
they need Evie, Evie back. They're mm. all happy to praise her and say she's a great firefighter. I think she's a great footballer and needs to be in that team to get them a bit of a uh, stability going. And Frio, and let's remind ourselves that Frio are a team of more than one player well and surely and they work very well together even though they mm. consistently start slowly uh, and consistently end very strong um yeah they, they've they've got a great team going so i think it's going to be a rip snorter of a of a match that one yep yep and look there's been a lot of focus on that bottom end of the six that the sort of positions five and six but i think if you look at the top you know, four teams. It's going to be quite the tussle this weekend also for those coveted couple of spots at the top one and two because those two teams, of course, get both a home final and a week off. So there is a real jam up there as well. Um, They've all made finals they're in, but where they finish is going to be, you know, the the big question. So So three have a lot to play for as well. Yeah. Three three of the top four teams are out of state, out of Victorians. Mm. Um, So that's a little, that's a little... Something. Well, it's a something little annoying when it comes to my commitment to go to the finals. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I'm going to be really annoyed if I have to go to Western Wait Australia. Wait for that first of, first of April uh, my, sale. My brother's, decided, my, my brother's decided to um, uh, postpone his birthday party, 50th birthday party, to that weekend. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I might choose footy over you, brother dear. <laughs> Anyway, Sounds fair to me. We'll see. Yes, I think the uh, game of the round will be the Crows Collingwood match to really like they're tight, tight at the top, and mm. as you say, M, those sort of wins and the percentages will dictate who's finishing high or low in that top four. Um, yeah, there's not much between what, them. No, that certainly the way they both played on the weekend, they're in top form, and I think it's probably the two teams have got. Just their stars at the top, but they have such a core of solid second string players who are all have really lifted, which Collingwood have never had before, I don't think. And I, that's the difference with them this year. So, do you think that the Bulldogs are in with a chance to make it into that top six then? No, no, no. no. I think well, they're gone. I think they're just about as gone as the Giants are. If, weren't you saying that? Um, Carlton North- to get in for North Melbourne, I think, mm. was what you're saying will be the swap. Yep. Carlton, uh, yeah. Are Carlton not in the top six? Oh, no. they're top of the bottom. Right. Sorry. Yes, seven. They've moved seven. so many times I've lost track. So, yeah. Right. They're the top of the bottom. And, yeah. Right. It's what about on. Melbourne's – two weeks ago I said Melbourne have got no chance of beating they, the top three teams and they've already knocked two of them off. They're unbelievable. Well, we wrote and them that, off that, at the start, didn't it, we? They, they haven't lost at Casey Fields. So, you know, so the Lions all have to be on song. Yeah. Good on them. Very impressive. Time will tell. Let's find out what happens. Okay, we're going to move on to the expansion of the league. Now, this this got a bit of bit of chit chat on outsiders for those who watch the ABC. Kelly Underwood um, had a bit to say. In fact, everyone on the panel had a lot to say about it. Some were pro and some were con. Um, the now the timing, the way that I understand it, based on the C. B-A. E-B-A. Collective bargaining. It wasn't enterprise. enterprise bargaining. No, it wasn't I enterprise. I think they do call it the CBA. It was, yeah, oh, collective CBA. bargaining. Sorry. That was the Sorry. problem. My that was apology. a problem. It was collective. God damn it. <laughs> and if it went for the band of four, it would have sailed right through. So the band of four who were representing four clubs who objected to the agreement, that was Pepper Randall from GWS, Darcy Vesio from Carlton, Meg Mac. Meg Mac, yep, from yep. Geelong. Geelong. And one more. 
And I was trying to find that photo because someone made a little meme with them all playing. Um, we'll f- we'll find it while you're chatting. Yeah, good. Thanks. Um, yeah, so that uh, agreement was lasting for three years. I don't know what happens with the year that we lost through COVID, but my understanding is that the expansion, if it runs on track, is um, 2023. So that would be the the last remaining. So nothing four can teams. happen before then. Nothing can happen before then, but this is the discussion. Do we slow it down because um, because of COVID? And because COVID is an excuse for anything that's running slowly, uh, but also just looking at the quality of play. Do we want to wait for the quality to um, to rise again before we bring in more teams? The fear is: will the quality be diminished and will we be diluting the talent by bringing those four extra teams in? So those four extra teams are, of course, Hawthorne, Essendon, Sydney and Port Adelaide. Uh, Thoughts? I was going to say thoughts, ladies. (laughs) Ladies. Trace. Thoughts, Trace. Uh, I've got a couple of thoughts and they're not all about the expansion. They're also about... um, you know, the nature of the competition because if you expand, it's going to result in a need, the requirement to have a longer competition. All of the state leagues have now moved, except for New South Wales, to summer to coincide with the AFLW. Does How does that all play? So I think there's, there's that discussion. I think that um, given the GWS performance to date, um, I'd be really worried. Uh, the Swans have got a great academy going, so potentially there's going to be some depth there. But unless um, unless the Swans were able to bring back some talent, uh, some New South Wales based talent, I've got a concern about your idea of the dilution. I think it, it, two teams in, in New South Wales will be a tough one. I don't think the Swans' um, work is on time to build their facilities um so i think from a new south wales perspective that's hugely challenging um i think the ongoing didn't they get five million from the federal government or was that dave sharma i'm sure that was dave sharma's pitch to get into his i'm, I'm um, not sure seat. but the redevelopment of the royal hall hasn't is, started hasn't started so they're nowhere near um and then i think the other question is is it an issue of, I don't know, is it an issue of depth? Everyone's talking about the strength of the juniors coming through. There's still plenty of experienced people playing in the state leagues or or what else is it? And why, why are, you know, why are those last set of expansion clubs kind of still struggling at the bottom of the ladder, you know, a couple of years in? I, I don't have the answers. They're my questions. Well, that's the big concern, isn't it, that the blowouts this year have been so bad as to really bring a question mark over whether expansion has been, whether they've done it the right way and whether they should therefore continue to expand. And I think that though that's there, the the retort is, well, you know, the other thing to look at is that the teenagers have been the ones that have dominated this season and all the stats bear out the uh, improvement of AFLW across the board. So you have to, I think, chiefly put that down to the young kids coming through those pathways that have been in place now for long enough to really give them the development they need that the 28 year olds 31 year olds didn't get you know and it also I think brings into question um, some of those cross coders so some of the women coming across from netball or, or basketball or wherever they've come from are actually beginning to look like they don't 
they're not performing as they were when they started a couple of years, two or three or four years ago. So there is a real up push, I suppose, from young players. Then, then you sort of think, well, why not put those remaining AFL clubs in place and give them the development that they need at that absolute top level development from a young age? And Trace, I come back to your point just quickly about the situation with the Swans in New South Wales, you know, it is a, a real problem given that the Giants haven't fired as perhaps they should have. Um, but I, I wonder if you put the Swans in place, whether there'd be a buzz that's created about having two teams in Sydney, you have the Derby, you know, perhaps you get a lot more local interest, more women and girls would pick up the game. Then you'd start to develop the talent. Now it's a longer prospect in New South Wales. It needs investment from the top, but maybe that's an answer or some kind of But answer. a Sydney team with a harbour view... <laughs> but also I was I mean we do need to move on very quickly but I was I was thinking about this that they should when the two Sydney teams play there should be a cup and it sh- maybe should be named Hang after up. Yvette cup. Yvette Andrews Ah uh, who's Fair that say again, Yvette, Yvette Andrews Veto yep. who did a great deal to ex- to develop um football in women's football in Sydney mm. Yep great Try idea great Tops. Good one indeed. All right, let's move on to Nash. Here you go. Time to shine. Let's talk about the tipping comp. Why do we give her this microphone? I don't know. I'm waiting for that little sting. Didn't you write me a little jingle during the week? Fee, come on. Look, all I'm saying is a few weeks ago, I threw down the gauntlet. I'm leading and I'm going to lead all the way to the end. And two weeks down, I'm still leading, smashing all the way to the top. So all I'm saying is I'm out in front. And Emma has pulled a little swifty this week. She picked seven from seven. Picked Melbourne as a uh, a little little chance at the end, and so she snuck in one behind me. And well Marianne, done. you know that is it. Paul Simon, he sings "Slip Sliding Away." You've dropped to third, Marianne. Thanks for coming. <laughs> but was she um, was she was she second? She was second last week. Was she? She had been in second. Oh, dropped to third AG. because of Emma and a seven from seven. Right. Now the only thing is we don't know whether next week's the last round. Do I only have to you know? hang on, oh, I'm so scared, hang on for one more week, or does it go into the finals? We don't know what the AFL is running with this competition, but regardless, there'll be prizes. We've got, what have we got, Em? We've got a little show bag, a coat hanger show, show bag. bag. A coat hanger show yeah, bag is on the bag. line. There'll be- We've got some prizes for anyone who's not actually in the pod who uh, comes first after all the experts. Uh, so there you go. I'll, I'll pick through the show bag and take what I want, and then you get... <laughs> Whoever wins comes in with all those prizes. So good luck for one more round or perhaps four, three finals in one week. So good luck. I know you're nervous, Morgan. You're only leading by one. Let's be honest about it. There's a lot of talk going on. <laughs> but leading was the operative word. <laughs> Final Just. thoughts. Final thoughts. Trace, anything to say before I tell uh, everyone about GWS's last game? Oh, not really. Just looking forward to next week. I think it's just going to be exciting to see what six teams end up in the finals and looking forward to uh, to a couple of those games. So I think the the Collingwood-Adelaide and the Lions-Melbourne game, the two picks for me. Yeah, great. Okay, well, look, chances are it it's unlikely – that the Giants are going to get through to finals, which means that this weekend is their last match. Let it go, Fee, let it go. Their last match. So they play Carlton at home at Blacktown International Sports Park this Sunday, the 28th of March at 4.10pm. I'm going to be there. Anyone else? Woohoo! Sorry, down the south coast, but I'll be cheering. 
thought, I've got a cricket fa- grand final to be in. Oh, my God. Good luck. Thank you. Tracy. But if it finishes early, we'll be there. All right. All right. Well, I'll just have to I'll, – I'll be wearing my T-shirt and uh, and flying the flag, so to speak. <laughs> Actually, I should say that Jodie Hicks plays at my cricket club, and so she may be in Hicksy. a cricket game or a football match. We're, yet not, we're not yet sure. Oh. Mm. Oh, okay. Find out on oh, the day. That's a good question. How many changes will the Giants make? And will they bring in Helvo and a few of the ones Which that Which team will turn up? Because, yeah, that makes all the difference. Okay, let's find out. Looking forward to it. This is the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show. Catches every Monday, 7pm on 2SER 107.3 and on our pod with extra content in the fifth quarter. We will have extra content next week, I promise. Wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on socials, Twitter, Insta and Facebook. And for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to to the the Coat Hanger. Hanger.